Hi, everyone. This is Denise Brown, your host of Your Caregiving Journey, a talk show that helps you as you help family members and friends. It is Thursday, December 7th. We've had some snow flurries here in Chicago. It's 11.30 a.m. Central Time, and we are live out of Chicago in just a few moments. Our regular first Thursday of the month guest will join me, Ellen Rogan. I call her our wealthiness expert. We're going to talk about hitting the ground running with 2018 and our goals. A couple quick updates for you. As many of you know, we recorded all, well, I shouldn't say all, I would say the majority of our sessions that happened at our National Caregiving Conference from November. The reason we recorded our sessions is because the content is phenomenal. And you can use this content in different ways. It could be something that you share with your support group. If you happen to have training needs in your company, it can be great to train others about what caregiving is really like. It's wonderful just from a perspective of hearing from others in a, a similar situation and feeling understood. So the, the, the sessions in this conference session package are really a phenomenal tool. And you can purchase this package of sessions at a discounted rate during December. It's your holiday gift from us. So you can save 100 bucks when you go to our vendor's website to purchase your session recording. So if you go to playbackcaregiving.com and use the coupon code caregiving, you'll save 100 bucks. One of the great things that Playback does is give you a two-minute preview of each session. So you'll see a list of the sessions, you'll be able to read about the presenters, and then you'll get two minutes into each session so you can preview what the content is like. And one of the reasons that our conference is so different is because it is people who are doing it. So those who are currently caring, those who have previously cared, who are giving the presentations, participating in the panel discussions. At the National Caregiving Conference, we're the experts, just like in our day, right? We're the ones that know the best and the most. So that's what happens at the conference. We show up to share what it's really like, and we share what we've learned, we share our insights, and we share what really we're doing to make our situation better for ourselves. And that's what you'll take away from these session recordings. So again, you can go to our vendor, Playback Now, and their website, which is playbackcaregiving.com. So all one word, playbackcaregiving.com, and purchase the package, which includes 50 sessions. That's how many we recorded, 50 sessions. You save 100 bucks during December with the coupon code CAREGIVING. And just a heads up, I'll start announcing some information about our third annual National Caregiving Conference in January. So look for some information about that. A couple other quick updates. Our holiday progressive blog party is December 18th and 19th. This is the seventh annual. Can't believe we've been doing it for seven years, but we have. And it's an opportunity for anyone who blogs about caregiving, either it's your personal story or your insights or what you've gained from working with family caregivers. It's 
So it's caregiving bloggers and family caregivers all connecting during two days of just fun. We give out prizes. You visit blogs of other um, family caregivers. You connect and share. It's just a way for us to really increase our network. So we're connecting with more people who understand, more people who can support, more people who can share insights and resources. So we'd love for you to join. If you're a blogger and you want to join, just go to caregiving.com and you'll find information about the Progressive Blog Party, which happens December 18th and 19th. And then one last quick update. Just a reminder that we do our 36-hour Christmas chat beginning noon Eastern time on Christmas Eve. We keep our chat room open for 36 hours Anyone who needs to get a break from family or just wants some good company or needs a place to vent can jump into our chat room on caregiving.com. We actually have volunteers who staff the chat room for 36 hours. So you could go to the chat room at 3 a.m. and there's a volunteer in there that can connect and share. You can find out more information about the 36-hour Christmas chat on caregiving.com. Okay, those are the updates for you. So joining us this morning is Ellen Rogan. She's our wealthness expert, and she's also the co-author of the New York Times bestseller, Picture Your Prosperity. She's an acclaimed speaker, a TEDx presenter, a blogger, and a 20-year veteran of the financial services industry. Good morning, Ellen. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, Denise. Always love being here. So I thought it would be a good idea for us to start thinking about 2018 and really thinking about what is it that we want to accomplish, achieve during 2018. You're big on helping us figure that out. Why do you think it's so important to set goals? What happens when we set goals? Uh, Setting goals gives you the vision of where you want to go. So I know from personal experience, and there's some research behind this, that the more clear you are on what you want to accomplish and why, the easier it is to achieve it. I mean, it just makes sense. You know, if you just think of um, wanting to go on a road trip and you just said, okay, I want to go on a road trip, some of us are spontaneous enough, not me, to just start driving. But usually you have have like a destination in, in mind, and it doesn't mean that there's not construction along the way or you don't need to adjust, but at least you know where you're heading. And, um, you know, it's it's something that is a way to keep you moving forward towards actually creating what you desire for yourself. So how do you approach goal setting for the new year? actually have um, a lot of ritual around this. Um, so I have two different ways I do it. One is in my business, and then one's kind of an overlay with our family, like business and personal. So uh, I have a business coach I've worked with for, I don't know, 25 years. And every year around this time, I start to um, write out my goals for the next year. And they're pretty specific because it relates to my business. Um, this year, I've decided to also add five-year plans in there, which I haven't necessarily done in the past, but I think it was Bill Gates that said we underestimate, we we overestimate what you can do in a year and underestimate what you can do in 10. 
And so I'm excited about saying, looking out a little bit further about where do I really ultimately want to go. Um, and then with our family, we have ritual around, usually it's on New Year's Eve, like early before our kids go out, we um, write what we're, what our goals are for the next year. We look back at what they were from the prior year. I have this beautiful box I keep all our goals in. And we have this ritual around, we make two copies of the goals. And one we put into the box and one, I don't know how we started this, but we've created this meeting kind of to seal it in. We put it in the fire and kind of burn it and send it out into the ethers. (laughs) And um, here's what I want to say about goals. There's like this double-edged sword. Because when I open those goals from the prior year, I look back on many years goals that now I think, I don't know, we've been doing this for probably 13 or 14 years in our family it can, I can look back and go, uh, like that didn't happen this year. And there can be this feeling of um, fa- uh, failure, like feeling bummed out. And so in the last few years, I've started some things to help me not start setting goals for the next year when I'm feeling like bummed out about what I didn't accomplish for the prior year. And so one of the things that I've been doing is to – um, write down all the great things that happened during the year. And they may or may not have been goals, but it reminds me to focus on the awesomeness that did happen. And that's really what was meant to happen because it did. And maybe those goals that didn't get accomplished, I carry forward or some of them maybe I've just dropped and said, okay, I thought that was important. And it wasn't like one year, I think it was two years ago, I set a goal of being able to do a backbend in yoga class. Okay, that didn't happen. I don't really care. I did other stuff. <laughs> wasn't that important. That's actually, I love that kind of goal, though, actually, because it keeps you going to yoga. Now, you do anyway, but I just think that's the kind of stuff that keeps us attached to what's healthy for us. So. I love that kind of goal. We often think about yeah, and it and was fit. somewhat achievable, and it would have felt good. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah, a, yeah. The other thing I did, and it was kind of by accident. I've done a webinar um, for the past three or four Januarys on goal setting with some women financial advisors that are part. We're all part of the same organization. And last year, I went back and looked at my phone and did like a highlight reel of pictures that I'd taken. And because there's sometimes really fun things that happen that you just kind of forget about. And um, I really loved doing that. And I made like a collage, just like in a whatever, PowerPoint or PDF. Um, But it had me focus on all those really great highlights that happened that otherwise I think I would have just forgotten about. And many of them weren't big. You know, not as gigantic as being able to do a backbend in yoga class. It might have been taking my one of my kids out to lunch or something, but it was a really beautiful experience. Yeah, that's a great idea. I, I just want to add, as we're talking about goals, that sometimes we think during a difficult time, and caregiving can be a difficult time, we feel like, oh, you know what? I can't set any goals. Why would I set goals? And I think it's important to know that goals are important in especially during a difficult time because they can keep you focused perhaps on something else, which can feel like a little bit of a break. 
and it can keep you moving forward in your life because that's what's important. So, for instance, in June of 2016, I decided to do a national caregiving conference. And at that time, my parents had moved from a retirement community to an independent living situation, renting a, a, a condo which I thought was a disaster. I thought it was going to be a disaster. My mom had just fallen, and I thought, what am I doing? Why would I do this in case something terrible happened to my parents? Would I have the time? And I thought, I can't wait. If I wait mm. for the perfect time, I'll never, I'll never do it. And someone's going to do it before me, and it's going to make me crazy if that happens. So I just have to decide to do it and then just see what happens. Just move forward and see what happens. Not to say that it's easy, and during a time when it feels like you don't have a lot of time, it's going to be a little harder than normal situations, and it's still good to do. It's still good to do. And thinking about you know, being able to do a backbend in yoga, that's a great kind of goal, again, because it keeps you connected to something that's healthy and something that yeah. feels a little different than caregiving. So... Even if um, this is a particularly difficult time during caregiving, it's still good to set goals. And they can be, you know, some of my goals are very tactical, very either business or savings oriented. And, and you know, like you'll hear people say you should set smart goals, which are like specific and measurable and attainable and I don't know what timely, I don't know what um, R is, but anyway. And I think that's important to have some goals that are super measurable, but I think it's also okay to set like an intentional goal. Like, so if someone was in a caregiving situation and their goal was to live with an open heart or to be compassionate at every turn or every time possible or add kindness into my day every single day, you know, they, they can, it can be like a bigger way of being kind of goal. And then you always have control over that, right? So maybe if you set a doing backbends in yoga class, go, well, I guess you could do that at home. But if all of a sudden your caregiving responsibilities kicked up and going to yoga class became impossible for a while, it doesn't mean there weren't goals that you could just always do by the way you're being. Yeah, I love that. So a few years ago, I decided I was going to really try not to take things personally. And at the time, it didn't occur to me that that was a goal. But just now, hearing your, your ability to describe what a goal can be makes me think, oh, my gosh, that was a goal. It is something that I continue to work on, not taking things personally. What happened was when I became aware of the situations that I was taking personally, I realized I was getting mad about situations. And my anger was as a result of taking things personally. And so if I addressed that, then I released the anger. I wasn't so mad. So it's interesting to think about, I wasn't sure the reason why I didn't want to take things personally. I mean, I did, but I didn't necessarily understand then what the impact would be. And it turned into an impact that has been very helpful on all different areas, you know, in my personal relationships, professional, and with myself, too. Well, and I love that you said you didn't know why, because I think if you can know why, like that's an awesome thing to be able to get clear on. Um, 
because it gives more juice from it. And I also, um, I caution against setting goals that are really to-dos or tasks because then the why isn't really the goal. Like, so, for example, uh, my goal is to declutter my basement. Like, there is no excitement about that. Would it be something that would be awesome to do and would feel better afterwards? Yeah. But like at January 1st, it just feels like a huge obligation. But maybe a better goal would be to have a living space that feels warm and comfortable. And that's one of the things I need to do to get where I really want to go. Because otherwise, well, you're, that you're just like a big fat to-do list. And that's kind of a Yes. <laughs> right. Because decluttering the, the basement sounds awful. But what you just described instead, which is, a fun, comfortable living environment. Oh my gosh, I want to do that. I want to do that. Right. Because now, if you're someone that loves decluttering, because some people it's peaceful for, I am not one of those people. Like, I, I love it when it's done. Like, I get, I feel better. But, um, you know, then it's different. So it's just to ask yourself, like, is this really like an obligation and yes, something you want to get done? Maybe it doesn't go on the big goal list. Maybe it's a way that you get to the bigger goal. So when you set goals, you talked about your categories that, you know, career, personal. Within those categories, do you have subcategories that you look at, like breaking it out into financial goals, health goals, fun goals, anything like that? Um, No, it sounds super organized and a wonderful way to do it. Years ago, I used to set (laughs) goals like mental, spiritual, physical, community. I don't do that anymore. I mean, I have my separate business plan, which is kind of clear. So for my di- different business entities, I'll have certain objectives, and then I drill down, like, okay, how am I going to actually do that? But when we go through this goal-setting exercise with our family, it really comes from more of an inspired place. Like, what's really calling me this year? What would feel awesome, and why? Like, what will get me to that place? So I can't say that I actually do that. I think they end up being some of I. I think you're raising an important point to not just look at your just your financial goals or just your physical goals that you want um, a balance in there. I can't say that I'm that. Um, I don't know what the word is. Uh, organized isn't necessarily the right word, but that I'm not that disciplined to be in subcategories in each of those big categories. So when we think about setting goals around our money. What can we do so that we feel empowered and that the goals are possible? Well, I would start with the bigger, I I would start with the, the, um, the goals around money are usually the how you want to get to something bigger. Because I think a mistake people make, and I made this for many years in my business, I might have an income goal. I want to make X amount of dollars or I want X number of new clients or speaking engagements, whatever it is. Um, And those weren't motivating in and of themselves. And the bigger goal, like when you ask why, why do you want that? And, And maybe there is some goal around that, but to be really clear on the why helps. Um, One of the things I know we've talked about in other shows has been um, starting with creating a prosperity picture. 
because then it'll get you to tapping into a different part of your brain. So again, some of you may be familiar with a vision board that's um, where you take images from magazines or online or your own photos and put them on a poster board for inspiration. It's a similar concept to that. Um, we put some quadrants on our prosperity picture based on time and amount of money it takes to reach your goals. Uh, what I find is when you start from that more creative space, then the money goals fit into that. So if one of, um, so one of my big goals is uh, to go to Australia. I think I, I really want to live there, even though I've never been there. <laughs> so um, on my vision, on my prosperity picture, I have a picture of the Sydney Opera House. And in that's like sooner, I really want to do that in the next couple of years. And will it require money or not? Well, I put that somewhere in the middle because, yes, if I was just taking a trip to Australia with my husband, that would be quite expensive. But I actually have part of my vision being hired to speak there and so maybe it doesn't cost me any money but this picture is up there and part of the benefit of that is you're programming a part of your brain that starts to look for ways to make this happen so anytime I hear of someone with I, I, I hear someone talk and they have an Australian accent I like to make a beeline to them because I want to learn more and I want to see what they do and how I can help them. But, um, you know, the point of this is if you start with a bigger, grander way and not worry about the how just yet, you'll get to goals that are more juicy for you. And the thing with the how, and I'm realizing this as I'm talking to you, Denise, like I have this Australia goal and I've been so focused on it's going to happen because someone pays me to speak there. I'm realizing maybe I should let go of my how even more because who knows? Maybe I win um, a contest uh, like a sweepstakes and I get to go to Australia. Maybe we just decide we're paying for it and I save for it. But knowing that that's a goal is really a great place to start. So one of the things that I – I hear when you talk about your goals is a a level of courage and confidence. Hmm. And I think sometimes what happens when we think of what we really want in life, we start to doubt it and we start to hear little voices in our head that say, that's not going to happen for you. You're too old. Caregiving is too intense. You don't, you don't, you don't have it, whatever it might be to make it happen. So how do we move from doubting to believing that it's possible? Um, uh, what a good question because it is the, the beauty of creating like a prosperity picture and not getting stuck in the how and the fact there's a time frame on it and things, and it, that's a, a really great step. The, um, just trusting that part of this process is you don't have to know how and things happen when they're supposed to, right? So when I was, um, when we were working on our last book, first of all, the whole process took so much longer than we ever anticipated. It took us 18 months to write our book proposal. We got um, the first editor or first um, agent we talked to was like, hmm, not really interested and we thought we had a real in with them so that was kind of a bummer but it really helped us redo our 
um, the book proposal again. We got even a better agent. He was super excited. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to bring you out to New York. And then it was like nine months after that before we went out there. And um, I, um, so the trusting part is, first of all, trusting in divine timing. Like things happen when they're supposed to. And, but we still had that vision out there. And the bigger why wasn't to say my big why is I want a book on the New York Times bestseller list. The why was we had a message that could serve millions of people and we wanted to get it out there. And that's one way to get attention for it. So um, it's a big trust thing to just start playing with this courage, courage and confidence, like in just believing you don't have to know why, how, right? right away. You can just put it out there and it's really okay to have these big dreams. And I want to say something about this courage and confidence thing is to be very discriminating about who you share your goals with. Because there's a lot of discouragers out there. And um, one study I saw on goal setting was that you shouldn't actually share them with really anybody because part of the juice and the excitement goes with the anticipation and this one study showed that if you start to share it too much, you like diminish that. It's almost like you've already achieved them in terms of excitement level. And um, so besides the people who will tell you, oh, that's stupid. You're too old to do that. Or that's never going to happen. Like, why would you want to have that conversation? Uh, you want to keep your excitement level around. And then also knowing that even people are super close to you who love you dearly, might not be the people you share your goal with because they may have their own agenda that your goal seems to conflict with. That makes sense. So, for Absolutely. Example, you know, when our kids were little, Amy, um, my, our daughter was like seven, and I was sharing, I actually had this amazing opportunity to possibly speak all over the country. It was really highly paid for this big bank. And I went home and told my daughter and how she interpreted it was, well, you're not going to be home. Like, why would I want that? And, um, you know, it, so it wasn't, I mean, she was little, and it wasn't like I was looking for her support, but at some energetic level, that was probably not a good person to share that goal with because I wasn't able to convince her I'd be around more potentially. But um, so I think you have to be very careful. Absolutely. Absolutely. I always found that to be freeing, that insight that it's okay not to tell anyone. Set your goals. Yeah. Believe in them. Release the judgment around yourself and your goals. See what happens. You know, enjoy the journey around the goals. And then it's okay to keep it to yourself. So Wayne Dyer wrote a book called The Power of Intention. And I think in that book he says, be careful about who you tell your goals to. You don't have to tell everyone. You don't have to tell anyone. It's important that you know what they are, that you've created a system around the goals, right? So writing them down, taking action steps on a regular basis, being open, releasing the judgment, and that's what gets you towards your goal. And it is important for us to realize that we have a timing, and then there's the divine timing, and not mm -hmm. to judge the timing because that's the energy that will keep us back. So if we get frustrated around why isn't it happening sooner, I need it to happen sooner, the frustration is the energy that, that stops really the energy. So be open to it. 
be open to things will happen in the right way at the right time in a way that you couldn't have envisioned. And that's Mm -hmm. why we can release the how. We don't have to worry about the how. Our part is being clear about what we want and then committing action to it so that it can happen. And the the wonderful thing about having a visual image of it is you keep it in front of you because that action step is really important. It's not just picturing it. It's not just having a picture up there. But just like with my Australia example, I'm constantly, one of my girlfriends is going there. And uh, so I'm like talking to her all about it. I'm like, okay, great. If I end up taking a vacation, I'm just going to use her itinerary. (laughs) She's really good at planning trips. You know, but it's, it's in front of me. So I am, um, and I'm constantly talking about it with people. So taking the appropriate action at the appropriate time is important, but I am 100% agreeing that you don't actually need to be open. You, don't, you need to be open to finding a solution, but also opening to realizing it might look totally different than you expected it. Yes. And I think the other thing to keep in mind, too, is what, when the opportunity presents itself, Go for it. Go for yeah. it. Right, because that may be <laughs> right. the perfect don't, timing. Yeah, don't talk yourself out of it. Don't say it's not for me, it's for someone else. Don't say I'm not ready. Say yes, and then get ready. Oh, okay, and I want to say something else, too, about the readiness. I would also say start getting ready now, too. So mm. I see this with individuals that I work with. They talk about, well, I want, I want, I want. Whatever you want, get ready for it. So I think of this as as an example. So one of my colleagues had a a great inspiration around a news story. And so she contacted her local news um, channels, uh, TV stations, and they did a profile about her around a particular news story. So she created this. Just think if she had really committed to her business prior to this, what that could have done. So she did the right thing in in terms of really, I'm going to make this into a news story. This is important. I'm inspired by this. This is meaningful work for me. Just think if she had done similar work before that. She had a tendency to say no to opportunities. If she had continued to say yes when she was on the news, think about what could have happened for her afterward. So you want to be ready by preparing, preparing, do the work, say the yes, commit to the actions, take the steps, do the work so that when the big opportunity comes, you're like, okay, I am totally ready and I'm totally ready to take this to the next level because I've been saying yes to the little things so that when the big yes comes, I'm ready and it's going to go to the next level. You know, that Jim Carrey movie where he just kept saying yes to everything and these wonderful things happened. Do you remember that? I don't remember the name of the movie. I don't. I can find it. Interesting. So he said yes to whatever came his way. And then so yes to everything. Yes. Um, let me see if I can figure out what movie that... Yes Man. It's called Yes Man. And it was... Um, it was just a beautiful example of what can happen when you stop saying no to things. So put that on your Netflix list or wherever it is. <laughs> yes, man. Yeah, and I think during a caregiving situation, 
we do say no to a lot. We say no to Friday night out with friends. We say no to things that we typically enjoyed. And so we get in this habit of saying no. And so I think it's important for us to think about adding the yeses. Certainly there are some things that we have to say no to. But that doesn't mean it's everything. So what are we going to say yes to? Because those yeses are part of the goal, to be open, to not simply saying no. I also think, too, it's part of it is communicating. So if it's a yes, it could be a yes. And I, it's very similar to what happened before the show started, Ellen. We talked about something that um, relates to next year's conference. You said yes, and I just want to give you a heads up that this might happen. Why not say that right. when someone offers you something? Say, yes, I'd love to do this. I want to let you know what's going on in my life. How can we make this a win? I'd love to do mm-hmm. this. I just want to make sure it works for you too. Tell people. Communicate. I think that's important too. Okay, that's it. Thank you, Alan, so much. Thank you. Yeah, happy, we'll do, happy thinking about 2018. Yeah, and I think what we can do in January is a follow-up to this and talk about where we are with setting the goals and what we're working toward achieving in 2018. How does that sound? That's fabulous. And I'll be just back okay. from our Ghana trip, so we can talk about that, oh, too. Oh, good. Okay, great. Okay, safe travels. Happy New Year. Thank you. Thank you for being with us, Thank Ellen. Thank you. Thank you, always. Thanks, Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. I'm Denise Brown. Be sure to stop by caregiving.com. Let us know how you're doing, because we always love to know. Take care. Bye-bye.